strong, empowered, authentic. What's up, Ginger Nation? This is Tosh. This is Darren, and you are listening to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. Welcome to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Darren Roach, and I'm very excited for today's episode. We're talking to Elise Showstrom, President and Cheese Executive Officer of Redhead Creamery. See how I did there? Cheese Executive Officer, like instead of CEO. Redhead Creamery made their first batch of cheese in 2013, Tosh. And by the end of 2014, they had built and opened up their own cheese-making facility on their family firm, Gerlindi Firms. I hope I'm saying that right. Welcome to the show, Elise. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Did you did you like what I did there? Have you ever been called like the cheese executive officer? Please tell me I'm the first. You are the first, hence my reaction. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully I won't be the last. (laughs) So, yeah, so you're from Minnesota. Um, We'd love to start the show off by asking you one question um, that kind of really sets the tone here. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of yourself growing up with red hair. (laughs) I, You know, it's so fun because I've never been asked it that way before. So about myself, I am number three of four redheaded daughters. And so, yeah, I should have brought them all with me. (laughs) (laughs) But we, we grew up on the dairy farm that I am now making cheese on. And as a kid, I always wanted to be part of the family business in some way. I really didn't want to milk cows. Uh, (laughs) That was my parents love. And I love animals and the cows, but getting up at four every morning was just not, not at the time it was not ideal. Cause I, I got up and fed calves before school, but now after figuring out that cheese is what I wanted to do. Um, now I realize that milking cows may have been a little easier, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, all, I'm still getting up at 4 a.m. Uh, in order to get cheese made. And we're still out, in the creamery, even though everyone's going home from milking cows, but it's yeah. um, kind of rewinding a little bit. My my parents are really um, passionate and um, love what they do and being part of agriculture and being their daughter that very much um, rubbed off on me. And so my whole life really has been around promotion of agriculture or helping people understand why food is good and the diversity of food that's out there and um, being open-minded to all of the options that are out there and um and really supporting and being kind of a background or a backdrop of what production agriculture is and so when i figured out that i wanted to make cheese um which i was 18 when i decided that's what i wanted to do My parents were like, okay, well, we know cows, so you figure out how to do the cheese part. So I went to the University of Minnesota and studied food marketing because my professor said, anyone can learn how to get cheese made, 
but you need to sell it. Mm -hmm. And so he advised me to figure out how to sell and market it, which is perfect because I love marketing. So um, that part of it has been perfect. And that advice still holds true strongly today and probably will forever. So my husband now, ironically, we met in, we knew of each other before college, uh, but we really got to know each other in chemistry class uh, because we both had failed chemistry. And so we sat next to each other during chemistry class and um, got to know each other through that. And the most ironic part of that all now is that the work I do is very chemistry related, making cheese. There's a lot of art to it. And um, we're now working on a project where we are fermenting whey in order to make spirits out of the whey, and which is, again, super high chemistry. <laughs> and here we are, failures of chemistry, but very much making it success. <laughs> but you asked about what I was like, or what it was like growing up as a redhead. And I joke about that now when people ask why redhead creamery. And my oldest sister, she would always get so upset when we walked through like the shopping mall together or anywhere as a group and people would gawk at us like, oh my gosh, are you sisters? And she's like, duh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me touch your hair. Yeah. Right. Yes. Thank you. And um, so she hated that. And she always would say that we were the walking freak show. And when I got older, I decided I'm going to take advantage of this and start marketing it. And wow, it's really worked out for us. So. <laughs> it's really interesting because when we ask that question, sometimes we don't know the backstory. And, and now that we know you have three siblings with red hair, what an army you had. So there was, there was nobody messing with you guys. No, and still not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it should be. And so going, going through school, um, you know, you, 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 everything was good there. Like, you know, you, did you get the, the traditional slangs or the traditional things towards you of, you know, well, you know, redhead, you, you know, quick little names or something like that. Any, anything like that ever come about during school? Um, yes and no. My nickname in high school was Rusty, and I, I, you know, I didn't mind that name. Um, That's I think it's funny. Name. I think it's funny the with the name of your podcast and brand being Authentic Ginger. When the South Park came out and they talked about ginger, then I was always like, Ugh, "Don't you dare call me a ginger!" And I don't care anymore. But. <laughs> But it um, had that stigma it, around it. It like, did, yeah, yeah. For most of our teenage years, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and now, I guess I really don't care. I I enjoy the you know people think that you're gonna have attitude because you're a ginger, and I just go with it. Um, I'm curious because I like now that we've had like a geneticist on the show and stuff. So there are four of you with red hair. Are either of your parents ginger? No, they are both brunettes. Okay. And so they they both have the recessive gene and they both have cousins with red hair, but that's as mm. close as it gets. And none of mine or my sister's offspring have red hair. So it'll be interesting to see if any of their children do. But yeah. 
if it comes down the line eventually. I mean, it will. Someone's bound to yeah. have another. But <laughs> well, and there's another one too of the things people say. So I have three children. None of them have red hair. And whenever any one of them are born, yeah. oh, they don't have red hair. It's like, yeah, I still love them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> gonna <funny>. be okay. <laughs> That's very true. And uh, how how different though is all four of your hair? Yeah, mine is mine is by far the most curly. Let's see, the oldest two have a wave to it if they let it go, but they typically straighten it. And then my youngest sister has like straight as it comes hair. I would try to braid it and it would drive me crazy. But yeah, it's amazing. How weird. <laughs> Genetics are so weird. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I also want to point out um, your shirt that you have on. Does it say not an ordinary, not, not your, your average, average curd? curd. <laughs> your marketing Again. is on point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, you're totally right, Tosh. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So you decide you're going to get into the cheese business. My husband and I lived in Vermont for a couple of years, and then we lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years. Really at the time, the top two artisan cheese and beer and all the things states in its time. And so we really got to experience that in their primes, which was super fortunate. And so when we came back home, to me, it was like a no brainer. And I've been planning this for so long to do this. And so many people were like, how did you come up with this idea? And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, I am not the first to do this. <laughs> Surprise. And, but there's, yeah, but there's still really only, I don't know, six to 10 small scale cheesemakers in Minnesota. It's still pretty rare. And the fact that we're on farm with a cheese shop, uh, we also give tours, we can serve beer and wine. Um, wow. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. Like you have to drive at least. 15 to 20 minutes from a town to get to us. So from a uh, town, not from the meant from the city center. Yeah. So it's always been our, our mission and our goal to create an experience for our customers so that they can come out and see a real life working dairy farm. We don't jazz anything up because customers come. I mean, we work really hard to keep everything clean, but we want it clean anyways. And so, um, so we provide dairy farm tours. Uh, people can come and watch cheese making. We have large windows so you can see it all happening. Yeah. And that's always been and still is just what we're all about. We want to be transparent and we always cover the controversial topics of food and agriculture. And um, it's just been a really fun, fun adventure. So how many, so how many acres do you guys have? We own a little over 200 uh, but we rent another 150 so sure. not a lot uh we milk about 200 cows and we only use 12 percent of the milk from our cows for our cheese and then we're part of a co-op that uh, we sell the milk to for minnesota's second best cheese but <laughs> but yeah we really have no desire to run a hundred percent of our milk into our cheese. Um, I would need a warehouse to store all of that cheese to age, but um, just really, I mean, the cheese plant in a way was my way of joining the family business without adding a whole nother freestyle barn full of cows. 
And so we're trying to keep the businesses working in conjunction with each other. Okay. I'd like to talk about the beginnings of the business because like you said, you were 18 and you're like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. And now we're talking about using 12% of 200 cows milk. So you've obviously, I would assume in quite a short period of time, managed to grow a very impressive company. So what like what were the the starting roots like just you making cheese or just you and your husband making cheese and now I, I can only assume you have a staff mm-hmm. you called it the cheese plant so you're obviously doing you're doing a really amazing job very quickly well thanks <laughs> um yeah it really started out as my mom and I were the sole cheese makers and what's weird now thinking back is i I built the place thinking I would be the sole cheese maker and I wouldn't be hiring anyone and I would keep it this extremely small scale, whatever it was. Obviously that's not extremely sustainable, especially when you're wanting to have children and start a family. So um, (laughs) our oldest at the time was two when we started building the facility and now our youngest is three. We have three children. And so it's kind of cool now that we're starting this expansion project this year and he'll kind of experience it the same way his sister did. But um, but yeah, we really had big dreams when we started and had a lot of failures and questions of why are we doing this, including like three blown up cheese vats, like they were not plumbed up correctly and yeah, stainless steel expanding is not supposed to happen. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> so those were some terrifying moments, but um, a huge learning curve and things that I understand now that I only understand because things went wrong. So now we're nine years in. Next year will be our 10-year anniversary. Uh, we have see 12 employees I think there's four full-timers um and then we usually get one or two summer interns as well uh but yeah I have a full-time cheesemaker training in two more to to be cheesemakers as well so that people can take vacations and do things yeah um but yeah it's it's weird it like I'm I'm getting over it now but over the last two years I've really been fighting the whole concept of having to lead people instead of make cheese. And I'm getting over that hump and trying to embrace the, the people part. Um, Cause it's, it's a, it's a weird mental game when you think you're going to make your own product and the brand represents almost literally my head. Um, and, <laughs> and you're not so making just, it. Yeah. And so it's a weird concept in my head. And when I would talk to people, friends of mine, even, um, they didn't even realize that it wasn't me. Or at first they thought, oh, you're making the cheese. I thought you had someone else doing it. And then I thought, oh, and you're okay with that. Okay. Like, (laughs) this is going to be okay. One thing I really want to dive into as well is who came up with the logo? Because I'm sure, I don't know if you get this or not, but I'm, I'm a very kind of analytical person and I apologize in advance. But when I saw your logo for the first time, I immediately went to Wendy's. Have you gotten that before or have you even thought that yourself? 
Um, originally, I never thought of that. I've maybe had two or three other people mention it to me. Um, but originally, the image was drawn out by my second sister, Emily. Uh, she drew it. I literally have a picture yet of a napkin that she drew it on. Awesome. And, and then I have a friend who uh, is a graphic designer, and she worked for a graphic design business in Chicago and then would do freelance work on the side just for me. So she ended up designing it and doing all the digitization for me and um, did an awesome job. But yeah, it's, I get that, but there's no pigtails. I mean, that's right. I was going to follow this up by saying to our listeners, it looks absolutely nothing like the Wendy's logo. (laughs) It's the red hair that just kind of gave me that, that thought that that's all it is. I want to make sure that the listeners know that, this isn't uh, a Wendy's style logo. Just go check it out for yourselves at creamery.com. Have you, what is your favorite cheese? What kind of, what is the cheese that you push out? What's the, what's the main cheese you push out? Favorite. Well, so my favorite cheese is our North Fork whiskey washed Munster. And I always throw the word whiskey in there because that helps sell more of them. But yeah. <laughs> it is, it was always my dream cheese to make. And it's also our most difficult cheese to consistently make it's a soft uh gooey stinky cheese it's real small fits in your hand and we wash we first wash it with whiskey so the outside of it gets whiskey on it and then we also wash it with a bacteria wash to get kind of the orange coloring and the funky smell and everything going and it's so good you just cut the top off and spoon out the inside it's the best. <laughs> yeah, are you a you are a cheese lover though, correct? Well, is that yeah? I mean, I mean, I mean, I hope so. I mean, it, it, okay, sure. It sounds like a dumb question. Does a bear However, shit in the woods? No. <laughs> I've never seen. No. Um, maybe that question should have been directed no, she's to us. Lactose thought. intolerant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, on your Instagram, Elise, I see this picture. And it looks super tantalizing. It actually looks like mushrooms, or not mushrooms. It looks like marshmallows being toasted over a fire. However, it's not. It's cheese. Tosh, have you done this? Have you have you put no. cheese over a fire like marshmallows? Wouldn't you lose it into the fire? I don't know. Let's ask Elise. It takes some finesse. But we put, so with my three-year-old, we put cheese curds. Yeah. We make like large cheese curds. They're they're a good size but you can put it on a skewer and roast it over a fire yeah they're so good yeah so he was two then that's (laughs) that's awesome that's amazing so good so good you know what where i live right now it's poutine fest (laughs) wow yes Okay, let's jump back to Darren's four questions okay. because yes. he asked your favorite cheese um, and then what do you produce the most? Oh, that's becoming a tie now in the last year or so. Um, our Little Lucy Brie, for the longest time, we were selling more of that cheese than everything else combined um, because it's so popular and there aren't many cheese companies in the Midwest making soft, ripened, bloomy rind type cheeses. And so we hit that at just the right time. 
Um, and it's good, but I'm, I always look at the analytical side of it. And then our cheese curds are what's starting to pick up uh, and take over a little bit. We started making a gluten-free uh, battered frozen curd so that you can deep fry them. Because if any of you listening are celiac or have to be gluten-free, it's still difficult to find anything good that's deep fried. And so my sister, her children, and now my daughter all have celiac disease. And so I'm always trying to figure out what good things can we make that you can eat so that you're not missing out on anything anymore. So, uh, so yeah, so we do a frozen uh, battered curd. And then let's see. The, our latest award, which is super exciting, uh, is the U.S. Cheese Championship Contest was this past winter and our lucky linda it's a cloth bound cheddar and our original cheddar that we started making in the beginning uh, it won first place in its category which is a really uncommon category because it's people just aren't making cloth bound cheddars because it's a little more time consuming it's much more traditional uh, and we've started out in like 11th place seven years ago then we worked up the fourth and then the third and this year we got first so it was super exciting i literally jumped up congratulations and thanks yeah so, i bet you did yeah, yeah. you should <laughs> I, I was going to bring this up because i think that's how i got into finding out who you were was through an award that I you had won right. and i don't know what i was searching and when i saw it and i saw you and i saw the, like the brand i thought i thought this is it like i'm reaching out <laughs> And I'm not going to stop until you come on the show. <laughs> I actually, I want to know about the naming because, so you've said little Lucy and lucky Linda, are they named after family members? Yeah. Lucy is my daughter. She was little at the time. Now she's 10. So she calls it Lucy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lucky Linda is named after my mom. That's Linda. And then we have red temper that I jokingly say is named after my sister's which awesome. I think you guys could appreciate. And then mm-hmm. um, Margie is named after my sister, Maggie. I always called her Margie. What else do we got? We've got Henry's Havarti. And we have Conan is our third child. We have a cheese called the Barbarian. And it's <laughs> named after him. <laughs> I love it. I love it because it, it like it brings that artisan feel and still small town or small family feel when you clearly are like above and beyond that. Um, where where are you selling? Like, do people have to come to the farm to get it, or are you in grocery That's stores what, in yeah. Minnesota? Yeah. So the Twin Cities in Minnesota, so Minneapolis, St. Paul, really are where most of our cheese goes. Um, but you can find it. I mean, we, we ship everywhere online. You can order from our website. And then there are lots of um, boutique meat or cheese shops around the country uh, that carry our cheese as well. So kind of like a scavenger hunt to figure out where they're yeah. all at. But <laughs> you can find it. And it's just so our listeners can, can find you uh, on social. What is your Instagram or Facebook or wherever else you like to have people find the Red Egg Creamery? Redhead Creamery, all one word. It'll find us. 
Well, you're doing amazing things. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. We're not going to take any more of your time. Um, thank you for coming on the show. It's been wonderful, and uh, I definitely look forward to receiving some cheese. I look forward to keeping an eye on what you're doing. Uh, so everyone go follow the Redhead Creamery on social, wherever you get your socials, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Thank you, Elise. Thank you. You've been listening to The Authentic Ginger Podcast. Become a part of the Ginger Nation by liking, subscribing, following, and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.